But uh, when, when I, was, I was in Ohio when I got his text that, that he was doing the ingredients and putting all the ingredients together, and he said, I want your word to be courage. So the first thing that I thought of was, oh, this is okay. I thought of that little tune in a song that said, the odds didn't give nothing to the tin man that he didn't, didn't already have. And I thought, wow. I thought, okay, Lord. I thought, you know what? God has given us from the beginning everything that we need in this journey of life. And these guys were on a journey. Even though this is a fictional journey, we're, gonna, we're on a real journey. And the ones that we're going to speak on today, we're on a real journey. But on this journey... Each one of them were searching for an answer. Each one of them were searching to find something that they felt they lacked. And when he gave me the word courage, <clears throat> he knew what he was doing because it takes courage to move forward. It takes courage to, to answer the call. And, and I really, it, it's helped me, you know, to pray harder for our pastor because I thought, Wow, how does he do this every Sunday? You know, and then on Wednesday and whenever else there, you know, the preachers are called out. I thought, oh my goodness, but you know what? It keeps you in the word. It keeps you going. And I wrote down courage. There were so many different definitions. And I wrote down courage is the ability to do something that frightens one. The ability to do something brave out of a motivation from the heart. And when our heart is in it, and God is in it, there is no fear. When David spoke, he said, in Psalms, he said, we're going to feel fear. You know, it's normal for, for us to, to feel fear, but he said, he didn't want, God wasn't wanting us to stay in that fear. Because fear will paralyze you. Fear will keep you from moving forward. And I believe that, that what he's giving today is he's going to challenge us to move forward through the courage that comes alone from him. And the first thought I had was David, when he was out in the field, I thought, you know, he, he learned because, first of all, he was alone with God and his sheep. And he had all the time in the world to speak to God and to learn of, of how God was his confidence. God was his strength. God was everything to him. And my story went in first to the, to, to here he goes in to, to just take a little sack lunch or a little whatever he was taking to his brothers when they were out ready to fight Goliath. And there he goes up and he wasn't going to fight a giant. What he was doing was going to deliver something, you know, for the natural man. He thought, I'll take care of my brothers. He gets out there and he hears God's, God's name and God's people being defied by this huge giant. And, and this is a simple story that we all know. I think we should know them all, but we're going to talk about them anyway. So when he went out there and he heard this, David had a confidence because he had been alone with God and it had already been proven 
God had already shown himself faithful to him. And when we walk in this journey and the things that we're searching for and in need of, if we're in tune with God, he's going to place us in the right position and we're going to know that God's able to get us through. And this is where I thought when he went up and, and all of a sudden he's hearing them and they're coming against God. You know, and David got angry and he said, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know. Who is this man? Who is this giant that he thinks he is, you know? And David walked out in confidence, able to say, you know what? The battle's not mine. I gave it to God. God is in control of this. And David was able, through that confidence, to slay a giant that would not happen normally. And that's really not my topic. I don't know where David started in this, but we're... we're, we're Talking about the battle's not mine. <laughs> the battle's not mine. And we're going to move forward in this battle. And on this journey, each one of these up here were talking and they were searching. And each one of them were lost and they had no no direction on how to find. Dorothy was trying to find her home. You know, we had the, the, the lion who I was going to come out actually with a with a... The Glinda the Good Witch dress on and say, I'm not the cowardly lion anymore, you know. <laughs> but I still am, so I'm not, no, I, I didn't do it. So, no, but I'm confident in what God has. And that's why I'm standing here today, because two months before he told me, the Lord had given me the word courage. And he gave me first Joshua. And we're going to talk on Joshua first. Joshua chapter one. And I, you know what? I, I'm not going to even real. we don't need to read it, but, but I found it as I was studying that back Moses's first commandment to the people was to be not afraid because they knew that the journey before them was going to be rough. Sometimes it was going to be joyous, but there was going to be rough moments in that journey. And I think in our life, we've learned that, or I know I have at my age, I have learned that, you know what, life is not always the bulletaries. But in the good times and the bad times, God has shown himself faithful. He is true. He is faithful. He is righteous for us. And in Joshua, where we're reading, where it says, now after it happened, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord that spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, the servant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, rise, go, and you're going to take these people across the Jordan. You and all these that are left, because you see, the first generation for that 40 years of traveling have lost out because of their murmuring and their complaining. So this is the, this is the, the young ones that have grown up now, and they are becoming, they're the generation that Joshua is going to take across into the promised land. And I believe that God has promises. He has places. He has things. He has callings in our lives that God is saying it's time to bring out and to possess them. And I like the verse where he says, he to, Joshua told him, he said, go through the camp. Go through the camp and gather up your provisions. Gather them up because we're getting ready to possess the land. And I don't know about anybody else, but as I'm preparing, I thought, Lord, we are getting ready to possess the territory that the enemy has taken from God's people. 
we are getting ready, and I believe that Joshua over here, Pastor Mike, is leading us. He's leading us into taking possession. And you know, some of the things that I found, I thought, Lord, we're taking possession of our callings. We're going to take possession of our children that have wandered lost. We're going to take possession of the city of Portage. We're going to take possession of the things that belong to God. I think the enemy has had his hand in it long enough. And God is saying to us, be of good courage. Be of good cheer because you know what? He's not got the last say, I do. And we're going out. And and the only way we're going to go out is to gather up our provisions. Gathering up our provisions. And I I don't know about each provision that, you know, but I thought, you know what? I I was going to have, I'd ask my grandson because, and, and I don't think Mike got my text on this one, but at Christmas time last year, Coy said, you know what? We're having a... I, I am in a class, and we're going to build a home for Portage. And he said, I need, I need some tools. I need, I need some, the proper tools. So I'm not a builder. I don't, you know, I go, okay. So Mark and I went out, and Mark's showing me the different belts. And Tuesday night, the Lord, I woke up, and I saw two big belts, a big one, and then I saw a small one. And I thought, you know, there's different Belts. In other words, there's going to be different callings. There's going to be different anointings. And the provisions that each one of us are going to need may be a little different, but they're all going to come in together and used for God's glory. You know, not all of us are going to teach. Not all of us are going to sing. Not all of us are going to lead worship, you know, and I don't want to preach. So I'm leaving the preaching to Joshua over there. But, you know, so... All of these, all of these provisions, God is saying, go out, go out and gather them up, go out and bring them in. Because you know what? When you get in there, when you get out there, there's no time to go back and say, oh, I forgot something. We have to go out prepared for the calling that God is placing in our lives. So Joshua has them all prepared. They get out. He gave them three days to get prepared You know, three days to get prepared to cross over. And they were going to take back the promise. They were going to take back the promised land. So as they started out, you know, they get ready. And, and of course, you know, they have some obstacles. You know, every time we feel like, okay, we're going to take this back, devil. You know, there's some obstacles to push through. It's not always, even though God promised it to them, they still had to go in and they had to possess it. So they go out and they get to the river. That's the first thing. The Jordan River is flowing. There's no way to cross it. There they are. And I thought they got out to the river and the high priests are carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And they're getting ready to cross over. And when the high priest stepped into the water, it says the water parted out. Parted out. And I want you to know this generation who didn't remember the generation of Moses that walked over walked over on dry land. They walked over to possess a land. They got on the other side, and I'm sure they're thinking, Woohoo, we're here, you know. And all of a sudden, Joshua tells them, now we have another obstacle. You see, this generation, God had a covenant of people. When they got over them, they weren't circumcised. So now, here comes some pain, because all the men in the camp 
were put out. The women ran the camp until the men were healed. (laughs) And then they were getting ready to go and possess the land. So the women, and I grew up in a church where women pretty much carried the load, you know, but, and I'm thankful that, that I see men that are taking the position. God rose these men up and he's rising up. You know, it's Mother's Day, but he's rising these men up to take possession, to take the territory that God promised. So here, now they get over and, and now, now the real is coming. He said, God has done us a favor. He said, he's got Jericho shut down. They were all inside for fear of the Israelites coming in. God says, Joshua, I got them all contained for you. There they are. So now they're going in. And he says, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to march around. We're going to march around. On the first day, you're going to just march I think the trumpets were going. There was, you know, but no shouting, no nothing. You walk, march around until the seventh day. And on the seventh day, there was a certain trumpet that was going to sound. And when that trumpet came and sounded, he said, I want you to shout. I want you to shout out because when you do, you're going to possess that land. And buddy, when they shouted, the word says that the walls come falling down. They went in and they took the territory. They took that possession, what was rightfully theirs. God is calling us to be prepared. He's calling us to step up with courage, to step up with not our own courage. You know, I don't step up here with my confidence. I step up here knowing that God is preparing us to to conquer and to take back what the enemy has taken from us. Then he also showed me there was a woman named Abigail in the Bible. Thank you. My allergies are horrible, so get used to it. But we're going now to Abigail because, and I thought, well, how fitting, you know, because at first when he sent me the text, I just went into, it was all about Joshua. And then when I found in the back of the Bible where I had written down and he said Abigail, so I looked up the story of Abigail and I thought, oh, I wasn't feeling it. And then all of a sudden, when I realized it was Mother's Day, I said, God, you were feeling it. I wasn't. <laughs> you know, <laughs> God knows when we don't. But here's Abigail. Abigail is a, is a beautiful, courageous woman. And the Bible says that Nabal, her husband, was wealthy. And he had money, apparently. He, he bought her. She was his possession. But we're going to talk about Abigail's courage today and how that she covered her family. And mothers, I don't know about you, but we have to cover our children. We have to cover our husbands. We have to cover our homes against the enemy. This time the enemy was in the home. It was her husband. But Abigail kept a confidence. Abigail had a quiet spirit about her. And here's what happened. David now is running from Saul. He's out in the fields. And Nabal's sheep were out in the the field. and, And David had surrounded and protected them against 
people coming in and, and robbing and stealing from them. So during this time, you know, David just did it. It was just something you do, you know, and so he took care of it. And when it come time that he saw that they had like over 3,000 sheep, they had, you know, they had, he'd come back, Nabal was happy, was partying, you know, he was all excited about the things that were happening, you know, the, the, the growth. So here he is now looking back and, and David sends 10 men in and says, can we join in this celebration? You know, can my men have, have, have some of the food and can they can they have some of the water for the animals and things and Nabal in his defiant wickedness refused it he refused it and David said you know we we guarded you we watched over so now we find David's mad and then David got into himself have you ever got yourself we're going to talk about some messes that we get in you know we get we get in messes David was angry, and he told the, his army, he said, 200 stay behind, but the rest of you, we're going in, and we're going we're gonna to wipe out this household. You know, evil was coming to, their, to his home. But Abigail, because she had wisdom, and because she trusted God, and, and apparently along the line, you know, you don't read a whole lot about her, but she had a confidence in God, and her servants had confidence in her. One of the servants ran to her and said, Abigail, destruction is coming. Destruction is coming. So Abigail doesn't go to her husband because she knows that it's not going to work. But she quietly covers him. She begins to get the provisions together. She got the provisions. She had the maids or whoever, the butlers, whatever they're called. They weren't butlers back then. But she had them all gathering together getting all the supplies, and she took it out. And when she met up with David, and I thought, wow, what courage. David could have killed her right there in the field coming at him. But she got off of her donkey, and she knelt down. And she began to plead with him for mercy and, and just to, to, to just forgive her. And she didn't even do it, but she took it upon herself and said, you know, if you could just have mercy, you know, here's, we brought you the provisions. And David, you know who you are. And God, you know, you know that if you go and you murder, you know what's going to happen. Now you're going to have guilt. You're going to have blood on your hands, you know. <clears throat> so he goes and he turns and he had compassion. And he accepted the gift and he let him go. So she goes back home and she doesn't tell her husband till the morning. And when she revealed to her husband what she had done, I believe his heart was so hardened that he had a heart attack because the Bible said it be turned to stone. And 10 days later, he went, he was gone. I was going to say he went home with the Lord, but he didn't. He was gone. You know, and I thought about the messes. I, I, I remember sometimes, you know, the messes that we create in, in our lives. And I remember one year we were having some kind of a ladies coming over and I was in a hurry. And anybody ever hear about those dump cakes back in the day? And I thought of the ingredients, you know, you didn't have to stir it. And I'm simple. I don't like to bake anyway. So I thought, oh, just make this dump cake, you know, and you just simply drop, you know, put your can of stuff in it. And you, okay, everything's just dumped in. 
and layered, and then you bake it. Well, I went to put it in the oven, and I'm my mind is like I'm racing because, you know, you get off work, and you've got like 15 minutes, 30 minutes, people are coming in your door. Well, I literally dumped the cake in the oven. The whole thing. And I stood there, and I'm like, okay, what a mess I've created. <laughs> no time to bake another one, let me tell you. Women coming. My son was there, so he ran and bought me something. But in the meantime, I'm having to clean up a mess. Abigail had to clean up a mess. And it wasn't her mess. Sometimes it is our mess, and God has to come in and clean that mess up. And I believe that he has shown me that, that in, this, in the church world, and it doesn't have to just be in City Point, but in the church world, I think that he has kept us secluded. He kept, he's kept his people back. He's taken their voices because of things in their life that they feel like they can't move forward. They lost their courage because they lost their confidence in the one that gave the confidence. And God is calling us into position because we'll never possess the territory. And I'm going to tell you, if they didn't get up and follow Joshua and do as he commanded, I believe that they would have been left behind just like the others. And I don't want to be left behind. I believe that there is such an anointing that is hit in this pulpit with our pastor leading us, that I believe that each one of us are going to step into position and we're going to gather up our provisions. We're going to go out and see, Lord, what is it that you want me to possess? I'm going to tell you, I have children that, that are lost. I have a son. I have some grandchildren that need to return to the Lord. And I've been calling them out and I'm going to possess that territory. I'm going in after them because I'm not going to sit back and let the enemy have them. I've sat back and let him have my calling because of messes in my past, because of fear of stepping out and being obedient. You know, the Lord showed me one night that I was, and I had major surgery <laughs> and I was walking up and I knew I left the hospital with, you know, your little pole, your buddy. IV. I left it and I was walking in and I said, I have to give the word. I have to give it. And I, and I came up and I gave the word and my wounded state. And I thought, and I didn't get it. And I, I, I gave the word and I went back and I had to go back to the hospital. And I thought, Lord, you were, he was showing me that, you know what? We have to step out no matter how we feel, because it's not the fear that we feel. It's not the lack of confidence. It's laying down everything that, that is of us, of our flesh, and saying, Lord, I want you. I want you to possess me so that I can help you possess the souls. I believe it's the, the loss, the souls. And those are what we're going after, our souls. And our our possessions, we need for survival without those possessions we will never survive and we have to go forth and i thought i wrote down several there were so many things are your finances it could be your marriage it could be your home it could be your work you know i mean there's so many things that we have to possess the promises that god has given us and if we don't step out 
and, and gather these provisions and, and, and rest in him and know him. David knew because God had led him through it. He knew what God could do. Do you know what God can do? I know what God can do in my life. I know what he's delivered me from. I know where he's placed me. And these are the, these are the callings in us that God is saying, let's, let's clean up the mess. Let's go forward with no fear. And that was, I think my word was courage and no fear. And now, Wednesday night, the Lord gave me Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the king, and he was told that not just an army, but there were multitudes. There were multitudes coming against him. And for that moment, he felt that fear. He felt that sense of unknown. But he did one thing. He went to pray, and he called the fast. And he said, now, he goes, we're going to hear from the Lord. We don't hear from God because we're not seeking him. We're not after his heart. And this is where we need to be finding because once we find that, we know it, we're able to go forward in the confidence that God has given us. I believe that as, as Jehoshaphat, I wrote down, God says we walk by faith and Satan says we walk by fear. I want to walk by faith. I want to run to the throne and not to the phone. You know, sometimes, you know, we, we, it's easier to call somebody and say, hey, you know, and, and let them carry it. But instead, we need to run to the throne room of God and let God speak into us what he has for us, where he's going to take us through and give us the direct answers. And, and he does and he will. You know, so I believe that this is where, so Jehoshaphat, there they were, the, the story, let me get, turn my word here, I probably won't even, I, I keep going back to Hezekiah for some reason, I found a fat note in here that said, King Hezekiah inspired courage in the people, <laughs> do not trust in the arm of the flesh, but trust in the Lord. <laughs> And I thought, okay, that's it. that was an extra for me, too, this morning, you know. But um, I didn't write my scripture down, I guess that. He went to God. He called the fast. God gave him the word. And he said, here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. I think it's Second Chronicles. I didn't write it down. He says, here's what's going to happen. He said, you're going to go out there. And he said, you're going you're gonna to get the people. You're going to gather them together. And he said, you're going to send out the worshipers first. Worship and praise tears down the enemy's kingdom. So the worshipers went out before them. And he told them, he said, be in position. In other words, army, gather, gather your army together. You're going to advance out there. He said, but you're not going to fight this battle. It's mine. So Jehoshaphat does what God told him. He, he sent out the worshipers. They were singing. They were praising. And here comes the army. And by the time they got there and they looked down, do you know what they saw? Blood, dead men. They, they, there was such a spirit of confusion, I imagine, that they all killed each other. So they were able to possess the territory there and they took the spoil. They, you know... So we limit God. We limit his, his, his grace in our lives. We limit 
what he's called us to be. And God has a calling in us. He has a place for us. And the answer is always going to be the same. Be strong and courageous. For Jesus never fails. Jesus never fails. And I had previously... This morning, I guess, I didn't think I was nervous, but I must have forgot to, you know. But I had, I was going to lay these around the church, you know, different different things that, that we're going to gather up our provisions. We're going to gather them up. And I can't tell you what your provision is other than you better be on your knees and you better be in the word for God to speak and bring life into your heart and into your homes. I can't tell Amy you know, that, that in her praise, as she sings, you know, that I, I can't take that from her. That, that's something that God has given her to lead and to, to, to offer up praise. Liz, I told Liz, I was sharing with Liz last night, and, and I told her, I said, Liz, I go after, I, I, I told her about Jehoshaphat, and the, she goes, wow. And the battle this girl has been under with the enemy attacking, no wonder and I told her, in your praise and in your worship, I said, the devil's kingdom will be torn down. But we've got to go possess it. I said, we've been so conditioned and so so at ease coming into the house of God that we're, we're just ready to just let. It's easier to come and go home. I'll tell you, I did it for a long time. It's easier to come and go home and not worry about people and their lives, and the, the enemies, and the things going on in hearts and minds. But I know one thing that the Lord showed me, we are going to possess. We are going to possess the land. And are you willing to step up? Are you willing to possess the land? And you're going to put on your, your work belts. You're going to put on whatever provision that you have to go. But you've got to get the provision. I believe that, that God has given us what's inside of us, but we have to allow him to cultivate what we need. All day, every day, there's an invisible war that's raging around you. Every day, unseen, unheard, yet throughout every aspect of your life, there is a devoted, devilish enemy that's seeking to wreak havoc in your life. And everything that matters in your heart, in your mind, in your marriage, in your children, in your relationships, in your your dreams, your destiny. And I think that's it, our destiny. God wants, he has a plan for us, but so does the enemy. So does the enemy. And I remember sharing a while back that there was a dream that I'd had. And I could see the enemy slipping in. And what he did was he went and he went to each one and he was taking their voices. He was taking their voices. And as he got to the door and he looked back, he was laughing. He was laughing. And he went out the door with the saints' voices. He has had too much control. And I have made up my mind. I remember I spent 10 years alone. 
And I told God, I said, you know, I've been raised church of God. I said, I've, I've failed. I've survived. I've tried to be obedient. I've walked away for fear. I said, but during this 10 years, God took me in a place that I could hear from him, that I could receive from him, and that I could know him and not thank you, not just what, what mama taught me or not what the church taught me, but I had to know it for myself. And I believe that's what David did. David found it for himself. It can't be somebody else's personal relationship. God is saying, your relationship is what I want. Your cry is what I want. Your voice is what I want to hear. You are who I want. And I believe he's calling us to get in position. He's calling us to walk that path that he, he is leading us on. He's the one taking us. We're not on some fictitious Wizard of Oz journey. We are on a journey of life and we are, it is a life and death situation. I believe that we are in a position now that we have to receive from God everything that he has called us to do. And I don't know about you, but, but during that 10 years when I was by myself and seeking God, I would hear him speak to me and he would say, feed my sheep. I was like, feed your sheep. That's what a preacher does. You know, I go, I don't preach, God. I don't, you know, and, and I still say I don't preach. I like to give the word. But he said, feed my sheep. Give them, give them encouragement. Give them what, you know, what, what they might not find someplace else. Give them hope. Give them life. Give them joy. Give them, give them me. He's woke me up in the middle of the night and said, what are you going to do? When the abused woman comes to you, what are you going to give her? And I just sat there and bawled and I said, Lord, I can't give her anything but you. I have nothing to give her of myself. So what are we going to do? What is, the, what is the promise that you have? What is the promise that you're holding on to? That you're not really, it's there, you know God gave you the promise. But you've sat back and you've not been able to go in and possess it. God is ready for us to possess the territory. He's ready for us to take back everything that the enemy has stolen. And I have a song that I want them to play. And this song says, Jesus never fails. I want you to know, Jesus never fails. It's us. Jesus never fails. He's not going to let you down. He's going to be there when you need him the most. He's going to be there when you feel like he's not even there. He's there because Jesus will never fail you. He will never let you down. So we're going to play this song and, and I want you to listen to the words. And, and, and if you feel like you, you're ready to possess, you're ready to say, Lord, I'm ready to possess. I'm ready to go back. I want to I want to be there. We'll be there to pray. So many souls have tested him throughout the course of time. So many still reach out to me with broken hearts and minds. 